Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. Today I'm discussing identity as a breach defense, and it's my pleasure to be speaking with Tejia Shamsunder, Senior Product Marketing Manager with Okta. Tejia, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So, Tejia, when you evaluate some of the recent high-profile breaches that we've all seen, we've all read about, what are the trends that really concern you the most? Yeah, you know, the interesting thing with breaches is that a lot of us tend to jump immediately to some of the more technical aspects of a data breach, like maybe something like man-in-the-middle attack or someone installing some type of malware or keylogger on a machine. But really, we want to roll back and just think about the basics. So, actually, when we see uh, the top action variety and data breaches that happen every year. It's very basic. We always see phishing or some form of stolen credentials. And so what we want to think about is how we're educating users both on the workforce identity side, so employees and suppliers that you may be working with, as well as just consumers accessing everyday apps, on how to detect those threat actors try, maybe trying to send you like a fake SMS with that link somewhere malicious or an email or even a fake website. Those are the type of things that we want to block people from doing. Tasia, where do you see these trends out of alignment with how enterprises currently prioritize their defenses? Yeah, so it's interesting because as I mentioned before, a lot of enterprises do jump immediately to those more technical aspects of security. And we definitely don't want to be dismissing that, but I think one thing that enterprises can focus on to kind of help and prevent the data breaches that we see is sending out communications to employees and all of your end users on some type of frequent basis so that they know what is and what is not malicious. So for example, I've seen, I've actually seen organizations send out like fake phishing emails just to check who in the organization actually clicks on these. And you'll actually find that even in highly skilled organizations, actually over 40% of employees are clicking on these phishing emails. So one of the things that you can do is send out communications. I've seen organizations even post things like posters and banners across the office to help identify phishing attempts. So I think the basics like that are definitely very good. And then past that, of course, you want to get into other forms of security, like thinking about the device management tools that you're using, thinking about rethinking the traditional security methods around um, only focusing on the perimeter, but also thinking about how you're extending that perimeter outside of your office network and also securing it there. So Tejia, let's take a step back and talk about identity and access management. From your perspective, how are we approaching IAM wrong today? Yeah, good question. So I'm not sure that we're necessarily approaching it in the wrong way, but I think that it's important when you're choosing an IAM solution to choose something that is going to scale well with your business. So one of the things that we see organizations do is choose some form of IAM that is maybe a little bit cheaper and potentially really, really quick to implement. But as your business scales, you want to make sure that the technologies that you're choosing, not just with IAM, but really with anything else, um, will help you to scale your business quickly and also keep up with the growth, right? So when we when we look at IAM solutions, if you're mostly sticking with, uh, let's say, on-prem tools or tools that are free, you'll probably find over time that it just doesn't scale as far as on, on ongoing overhead when we think about like patching servers, for example. And then also you want to choose a tool that actually 
implements the features that can help make sure that all of your employees stay secure. Now, we started this conversation talking about identity as a breach defense. Where do you see the potential in identity as actually being a game changer in breach prevention? I think identity is still kind of an untapped market, and there's still a lot of potential there across multiple areas. So the first one, and the obvious one, like you said, is data breaches, right? So one of the main, like, first basic things that organizations can do is implement single sign-on. So that will help with reducing password sprawl. We also know that both on the workforce identity side as well as on the consumer and customer identity side, all of us tend to use the same password across all of these applications that we're using. So by implementing a single sign-on solution, you can centralize all of these identities and passwords into one tool. And that's really the starting point. But even past that, what the next thing that I would suggest that organizations do is also very basic and kind of goes hand in hand with single sign-on now, which is to implement multi-factor authentication. And you've probably seen multi-factor authentication in different forms, um, even with consumer applications. A lot of applications now will require that you have an SMS code sent to your phone. Some of them even suggest downloading like authenticator apps to your phone where you can just approve a notification. So those are all very basic things that organizations can implement. And then past that, we get into some of the more nuanced and advanced use cases, like things like lifecycle management, for example. So the process of automating the permissions and applications that end users have access to is a big one. Once you've already implemented multi-factor authentication, you want to maybe you want to look into more advanced use cases for it. So maybe things like blocking access from risky networks or specific geolocations, putting MFA across all of your infrastructure as well. So those are some of the more advanced use cases that an IAM solution can help with, just because all of your identities are going to sit in that one identity store. Now, Tejo, I know you've given this some thought. You've got some prescriptive advice, actually. What are your five steps for protection using modern identity? How could you summarize this? Yeah, so the, the first step, like I mentioned, is just to consolidate all of your identities and implement that single sign-on solution. That's really the first basic thing that you can do. And if you're looking at a solution like Okta or really any other cloud-based identity and access management solution, you'll find that a lot of these solutions are able to interop with existing directory structures that you may have out there. So even if you have a very complex Active Directory environment, maybe with other LDAP directories as well, you can still bring all of those identities into the cloud and implement single sign-on. So that's the first step. Um, and the second step is also another one that I mentioned, which is implementing secure authentication in the form of multi-factor authentication. Uh, multi-factor authentication is actually very easy and pretty cheap to implement, especially because if you think about it, all of your users have phones, right? And so if you are implementing multi-factor authentication, it's very easy to have users install an app to their phone or send, even send them an SMS code to get going. Um, the next thing that you probably want to think about is how you're securing access to your APIs. So let's say you're an organization that's building custom applications that also interact with other apps. You want to make sure that the communication between those applications stays secure. The next one I would say, and then I think I mentioned this previously as well, is just the process of automating the onboarding, offboarding, and moving of users. So when you have users that onboard, thinking about what applications they need access to um, and putting them in groups that are going to automate the process of getting them into those apps, 
and then also as they maybe move roles within the company, automating the process of removing and adding new permissions. And when you're able to get to a point where you can automate this at scale, you really reduce the likelihood of basically human error with assigning these permissions and application entitlements manually. And then I would say the last thing is that once you've implemented these four items, it really gives you a foundation to uh, build on your identity solution for, with detection and response. So this would be things like integrating with a SIM tool or a CASB so that you can correlate different types of events that are happening in your organization and then make some intelligent access decisions about how you want to react to those anomalous events. Tej, your final question. Tell me a little bit about sure. Okta. What are you doing to help organizations address these very issues we've been discussing? Yeah, so Okta helps organizations with two main use cases. The first one is workforce identity. So when we think about workforce identity, specifically what we're referring to is the standard kind of IT, a business enterprise, so IT admin and employee use cases. So consolidating passwords across the business applications that you're using. So this will be for employees and suppliers, partners that you work with. All of those types of users can be in the same user directory store. In this case, that's Okta's directory called Universal Directory. It's a cloud-based store. Now, the second use case that we help customers with is actually customer identity. It could be B2B use cases, but it could also be consumer use cases. So let's say you are an organization that has a mobile app or some type of web application. You don't want to build authentication yourself for that app just because there's so many issues in building off. So what you can do is actually have Okta act as the authentication provider for the applications that consumers are using. And the great thing across both of these use cases is that both for workforce and consumer identity, all of users can be consolidated into the iUniversal directory that I mentioned. So while you may be serving different use cases, all of your users are in one spot. You can choose specific groups to target policies to. So of course, your workforce identity use cases are going to have one set of requirements. Your customer identity use cases will have a separate set of requirements. And we also offer a variety of different SDKs to help with that consumer identity use case. Very good, Teju. Thank you so much for your time and your insight today. Yeah, great. Thanks, Tom. Again, we've been talking about identity as a breach defense. And I've been speaking with Teju Shamsunder, Senior Product Marketing Manager with Okta. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.